Times News Hour. I'm Patricia Aiken, and I'm um, glad to have your company. And we'd like to, um, we're going to be welcoming our guest in just a minute. I think he's calling in, but I'd like to let you, oh, he's, all right, he's with us already. Excellent. Uh, my, my guest uh, today is Mr. Bill May. He's had some really interesting things go on with his new Law Truth group and um, and what's going on with that. So um, Bill has really cracked the code. And, um, and it doesn't seem like people like the code being cracked. So I'd like you to uh, welcome Mr. Bill May. How are you, Bill? Well, I'm doing well. A little frustrated with the Oregon Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. What's, so, so, so tell me your Oregon Supreme Court, what's going on with them? Well, Stonewalling? Yeah. We've got uh, a habeas forum where a judge in writing denied a guy pretrial due process. And the court just doesn't seem to want to deal with it. Well, we're attacking it as a void judgment because any time that you deny due process to somebody, the judgment is considered void on its face. Right. And so, and they're just refusing to rule. Well, they're just not doing anything. They're not. They're not denying it. They're just not doing anything. Yeah, I, I know. I have a. I, I know of a case in Nevada actually, and um, a motion dismissed was written in the end of January, and an opposition to that was written in February, early February, the first week of February, and um, nothing from the court. And then in May they issued a discovery plan, you know, scheduling order, and that's ridiculous. They haven't even ruled on the motion to dismiss yet, and here it's. July. Pretty yeah. Good. They just don't want to rule on certain things. So what do you well, think? Well, they're, you know? they're scared to because it opens the door to the fact that um, we have no constitutional courts. And they don't want to open the door to the fact that a person can simply challenge jurisdiction and walk away because the courts can't prove jurisdiction. Yeah. We were never supposed to figure that out. Yeah, so now they're just going to stonewall. Is you you got to stick a dynamite there that you can blast them into action? Well, uh, I'm going to give them another 30 days, and then I'm going to contact the U.S. Supreme Court and ask them how to proceed uh, when a state court refuses to proceed on its own. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going to let it die. I'm going to push this through and see what the U.S. Supreme Court says. Yeah, it's just crazy when um, when the courts are so corrupt and they just just don't rule if they're, you know, they don't want to rule on the merits of it and they don't want to say it doesn't have any merit, so they just sit by. Don't do anything. Yeah. yeah, and they're scared to death of the outcome because of the consequences are that people who are only citizens of their state are not subject to any of the current courts, have not been subject to them for 70 years. Every case that's been had against a person like us has been void on its face. 
and that has been kept secret. And the courts are terrified that the word will get out because well, it could cost treason. the government. They can't. They oh, can't. It, it, what a, they can't let the precedent out. Well, t- tell me the story, Bill. Of um, it was a case. I believe you're in Oregon, but I think this happened in Washington. It was some friends of yours that were fishing. It was a hunting story or fishing story. Oh yeah, that that goes back quite a few years. Um, that was long before we knew what we did, but we knew that there was something wrong, and we didn't know. We knew they were doing stuff that the law didn't authorize. And so they were smelt fishing, and uh, one of the guys was over the limit, and uh, the other guy, one of the other guys that was with them, had a big mouth. And so, uh, and they, the one guy that was over the limit was really nice, and he figured game warden would never check him. And so he did. And so Dan popped up and said, um, you know, where's your authority to do this? And the state constitution does not authorize the game commission to do anything except count, count the, uh, the game and keep track of them. And it made the guy mad. So he wrote everybody up for over the limit for smelt fishing. And so we went into court and, uh, the judge, um, so how did you go in with them? You know, knew these guys, what was your relationship? Oh, I've been friends with Dan for a number of years, and we've been talking and trying to figure out what was going on. And so, so when so we you went, weren't, you weren't one of the fishermen. No. Okay. No, so and so um, yeah, we went into court, and the judge read everybody their rights. He goes, "I want you to pay attention. I'm going to read you your rights." And he goes, "You've got the right to plead guilty. You've got the right to plead not guilty, and you've got the right to plead no contest." You know, does everybody understand these rights as I've given them to you? And everybody rattled their heads, yes. And so everybody was going through, and we told people, uh, there was a bunch of cops there because we told people that these are communist courts. They don't go by any constitution or laws that we know of. And so uh, some of the people came up, and, and the judge was really nice until somebody started to say something he didn't like, then he got nasty. Like, for instance, this one husband and wife, the husband was uh, accused, the wife wasn't, and the wife tried to help him explain. The judge got really nasty and chewed her out, told her she wasn't allowed to speak in his court. I mean, they're just tyrants. And um, so anyway, the time came for Dan and the other two uh, to be called, and one of them was called, and Dan spoke up, and he goes, uh, there's three of us here together on the same thing at the same time. He goes, uh, everybody would like for me to speak on their behalf if the court wouldn't mind. And the judge, thinking he'd get this over with quickly and easily, goes, sure, why not? So he, he, he turned to the other th- or he turned to the other two and says, is this okay with you? And they rattled their heads, yes. So he says, okay, fine. Uh, Mr. So and so, you can, you can, so the Dan, um, says, well, before we get started, I've got a question about my rights. And the judge goes, oh, well, what is it about your rights that you don't understand? Would you like me to read to read them to you again? He goes, no, I understand those completely. But he says, we're from Oregon, but we're in Washington. And both states have bills of rights. Would you please tell us which bill of rights applies and go through all the relevant parts for us? The judge goes, no, I will not. And Dan goes, well, you know, and he was being all fake polite <laughs> to keep the judge off guard. He goes, well, I'm confused. So are you saying that 
we don't have any of the rights of any of the, the state constitutions. And the judge says, you've got the rights that I told you you've got. He goes, oh, so if I get this right, you're saying that we have no rights protected by the Oregon or the Washington Constitution. And the judge says, I'm not telling you for the last time, you've got the rights that I say you've got, and that's it. And Dan goes, well, that means you're operating under a system of law not recognized by either constitution. It's not constitutional law. Would you please be kind enough to tell us what system of law that you're operating under? And the judge says, no, I will not. Okay, that That is a violation of pretrial due process, I have later discovered. You have a right to know what system of law that they're moving under, but they don't dare answer. Um, but anyway, Dan goes, well, I'm, I'm really confused. He goes, um, so you're saying that we don't have a right to know what system of law you're operating under. That means we don't have a right to make a relevant defense because we don't know the rules, the law, nothing. And you won't tell us. He goes, um, how, how did you put um He goes, since only a slave can be denied due process, are you personally making a declaration of slavery against us? And the judge goes, I'm not going there. And he ran out of the courtroom at top speed. I don't mean walking, I mean ran. And he came back uh, five minutes or so later, and he's running across the room, and Dan's got still standing there. And he goes, I got more questions, Your Honor. I got more questions. And the judge grabbed his little hammer, starts banging, it goes, court dismissed. I can't answer any more questions. Uh, we won the case, uh, but it it just goes to show how corrupt things are. Now so, I have so, waited. Wait a minute, wait, so court is dismissed. So did that dismiss your case? No, uh, there was some communication afterwards, and and the judge wanted to uh, Dan to I forget what he wanted Dan to do, and Dan goes no. He goes I want to come back up there, and we're going to finish this in the courtroom on the record. And the judge goes, no, you're not. Case dismissed. Goodbye. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that story, Bill. I got so, more out of it the second time I've heard it, too. Oh, okay. What we knew at that point was that the system of law the courts are operating under is top secret. And the question was, why is it top secret? And what I have later determined by reading a number of cases Downs versus Midwell is a good one, and others, is you've got the constitutions after the 14th Amendment recognize two systems of law in the states, okay? Before, the states only had the common law because there were only white citizens in the states. That was it, okay? And they have a right to a Republican form of government under the common law and a right to justice, a right to a trial by jury, all those sort of things, Um the non-whites, uh, the, the 14th Amendment created a, a, a class of citizens that are under the system of law that the federal government has always been under. Now, the federal government could not have permanent citizens. And so the framers denied the federal government the right to have permanent citizens. Okay, the 14th Amendment changed that. The federal government had permanent citizens. Most of them were in the states. They were under the system of law where their citizenship arose, and that's under the federal government, uh, Article 4 of the federal constitution. And as the courts have stated, they have almost no rights. So it turns out that 70 years ago, 
They closed all the judicial branch courts in the states, closed them, reopened uh, legislative branch courts, just like they've got in federal areas. Okay, The legislative branch courts operate under a completely different system of law. Some people call it statutory, but the uh, U.S. Supreme Court calls it municipal law because a municipality has the ability to make law, not just the legislature. But any municipality can make law, and it is solid, but those laws only apply to federal citizens and foreign aliens within a state. They do not apply to white people. And so they're desperate to keep this silent. And we had that one case in Utah where the uh, DA decided that they wanted to dismiss all, char- dismiss all charges against the guy that was on the fast track to prison because... They couldn't prove jurisdiction. We put in a demur. Oh, that was that Idaho, not, not, not Utah. Uh, Idaho. Idaho, that, uh, saying that we don't have to answer because, and then I challenge your jurisdiction, what system of law you're operating, are you operating under, et cetera. Uh, and then uh, I challenge jurisdiction. We deny that we're a citizen of the United States or a foreign alien. We deny, therefore, that this court can claim jurisdiction. And um, they ended up uh, throwing the guy out of jail. He didn't want to go because he wanted to, um, as I understand it, they came to him to offer him a plea deal saying, if you will plead guilty to these two misdemeanors so you can get out with time served, you can go home. And he goes, no, you never had jurisdiction to begin with. And uh, they go, well, we're doing it anyway. Throw him out. And there he went. Uh, We set up a judge here in Oregon for the same thing, and she just denied everything. Uh, and then at the very end, uh, when they were having their so-called trial, uh, he goes, he had done it in writing, but he at this point he did it in person. He goes, I denied being a citizen of the United States. And she just goes, I consider you one, and I'm finding you guilty. Wow. It's that bad. And so uh, she cannot make decisions based upon her opinion. Uh, she was set up, and the court knows she was set up. She violated every rule that you can imagine in regards to due process. She even violated, if Dan had been a federal citizen with almost no rights, she would have violated those also, which I covered in the habeas to get the case, the judgment set aside. But the court knows that if they do it, it opens the door to other people doing the same thing. They have to terminate her. And it allows her to be sued personally, and so the yeah, court is. complaint, but what? Um, so where is that at? I mean, what? What do you think they're going to rule? Are they just going to stonewall you on this? What is your anticipation? I don't know. We got a notice the other day uh, that the case was still active, and that's all they have. They said nothing more. So we don't know what they're going to do, but I'm going to give it 30 days from uh, that timeline. And uh, when it comes up close to that 30-day mark, I'm going to try to contact Washington and ask them what to do. I'm not looking for legal advice. I'm looking for procedural advice because no attorney even knows about this. They're not taught anything about the common law. And speaking of the common law, okay, in the common law, you have a right to a trial by jury. In the current cases, there is no right to a jury. 
And the jury, and there's case history on it, that in municipal law cases, the judge is the final decider, period. Okay, And there are cases out there to where uh, the jury is only advisory to the judge. It's just there to keep us from rebelling. But yes, the judges just there can, to make it look and, like there's a jury. Yeah, and judges can and at times do override a jury when they come back with not guilty. The judge will go, well, the facts, in my opinion, show that the person is guilty, and I'm posing a guilty uh, verdict on them. And they do that. And, well, I know uh, they also jury... um, do, um, they sentence for acquitted behavior, something the jury said that they, they acquitted them of, and the judge will still sentence them over the acquitted behavior. Right. Over and above yeah, what the, the jury found. Yeah, the jury will come back and go, not guilty, we acquit. And the judge goes, well, I've decided that they need to be punished. So I'm personally determining they were guilty. And, and that's legal under municipal law. It's slightly limited communism. The pretrial due process is the same under the common law and uh, municipal law, but everything after that totally changes. Um, the, well, Bill, before, before we get, to, we're going to be coming up on a break here shortly. And so I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, up until my crazy last month, June, I'm just out straight busy every day outside, you know, all day then inside doing the house. But um, I was really enjoying Law Truth at groups.eo. You had a lot of great information you'd put up there. People were having a great conversation with what you were, you know, what you were teaching. What happened? Um, you're not allowed to talk about white rights. It got, put, it got taken down by them because it talked about white people having rights. And it, so you should did they did they tell you that I mean they I seems to me you mentioned that they were saying that you violated community standards right and the only thing I did was talk about the fact that white people do have certain rights and um, and this is the sort of well I talked about what on there I had posted documents that explained our legal system and what they've done and how whites have lost their rights. And uh, they they must have read that, and they took it down because it violated community standards. That's just amazing that they're scanning that many groups and, and going after people like this. I, I'm, I'm pretty amazed by it. Well, I was Because I, I think you can put up child pornography and stuff like that, and that still flies. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, but they went through and they took it down, so the the site is gone. Okay, well maybe uh, maybe, maybe somebody um, one of the listeners here will know more about um, websites building and things like that because you would like to uh, ha have a new website and be able to post that stuff again. Correct. I would really like if somebody could figure out how to post, how to access, and it doesn't need to be a complicated one. Uh, one of the free websites, something that when I die, it would still remain for the public to view in later years. Okay, well, maybe somebody will get back to us on that. As a matter of fact, I can log into um, the freedomtimes.chattango.com. I haven't been over there when I'm here by myself without Dawn. It's hard to keep an eye on everything, but I'll go look over there, and maybe somebody knows how to do that, and they could volunteer, or 
they're welcome to email me at sacredcowbarbecue at protonmail.com. I'd be happy to forward their information to you, Bill, and, um, and, and we can find out, you know, if somebody can help with that because that was a really informative uh, forum that you had going. Yeah, I saved all the documents, so I've still got them on my computer. But what I really liked about it was I could go to uh, these uh, YouTube videos and stuff where people were just getting screwed and they were posting it, or they were posting inf some information, information, some of it was good, some of it was bad. And then I could just go, well, here's the in here's if you go here, you can read and you can learn why they don't have authority over white people. Uh, you can read why they have authority over non-whites, and you can see where both are getting screwed. And I could just post that and not have to worry about nothing. I could walk away from it because then people were just free to go read it, and that was taken away. Yeah. Well, well they, they, they're obviously um, don't want that out. And the other um, cases that I've been following are, you know, 14th Amendment, citizen cases with the Americans with Disabilities Act. And they have, uh, they do not want to rule on, um, they want to get rid of those cases as far as uh, fast as they can. And they've been dismissing them with prejudice, which is very interesting because people were, um, were fired from their jobs and under what's called the third prong of the ADA, um, that they were re being regarded as having a weakened immune system or having a disease, and they weren't given a seven- uh, point evaluation, a medical evaluation that's legal in nature, and so uh, yeah, and they they don't they're they're scared to death to rule on that too because um, that means all the mask mandates and uh, you know all that stuff is just total nonsense un under the oh, Americans yeah. with Disabilities Act, and that's all under the state. The states have very similar um, disability um, rights you know, legislation. So I think it's all there. Although I'm not clear if I've seen the a regarded as the third prong or regarded as in the, in the state ones. I don't know, but the, the oh, Americans with Disabilities Act, I quite frankly don't know how they can push it in the states um, because the federal government cannot, as far as I can see, push its will on the state to give special privileges to non-whites because the Americans with Disabilities Act was written for non-whites. It was not written for whites. And most of the rights that are written into it already existed for white people under the state constitutions. Now, a point I'd like to make was on that site, something I was working on was to educate people on the difference between municipal law and um, uh, the common law, and there's a huge difference. Um, in the common law, the government was not the plaintiff. Anytime you look at a case and the government is the plaintiff, you're looking at municipal law, you're not looking at the law that arises under the constitution of that state. You're looking at the system of law that arises from the system of law of the United States and applies only to citizens of the United States. <clears throat> In, <clears throat> under the common law, you had a public prosecutor. He represented the other white citizens of the states, okay, of the state. Okay, that's why they would say, the, "Oh, the the people versus John Smith." 
Right, the people versus. And so then they had a jury who also represented the other white people of the state. So you had the state battling it out with a guy in the middle where the, the state had to prove to or the, the, the people of the state, their representative had to prove to 12 other people in the state that the person did something that was inherently wrong. And under the current system of law, all they have to do is prove you intended to do an act that the government didn't think you should do. I mean, that's a huge difference. And then the, uh, the, the other is, under the system of law that we have now, we have the government imposing all sorts of laws uh, on conduct that is, that is considered protected by the state constitutions. For instance, the ability to own a gun. Almost every, every, every state out there has gun laws now. They've got both state and federal gun laws, and no state constitution authorizes any gun laws to be imposed upon its true citizens. Some of them come out and say it. The Oregon Constitution says, uh, it shall not be questioned. I'm a member of a gun discussion group, and I brought that up, that no state constitution authorizes any gun laws. So somebody took me took up the challenge and started looking and started with her constitution, and it was pretty much the same as Colorado, where it says the right to own guns shall not be questioned, but the right to have a concealed firearm, the state may make laws. And then the, the federal government, the ability to buy a gun without a background check for white people, uh, to be able to transport it as you see fit and store it as you see fit is something when it comes to whites that the, uh, the government has no authority over. Uh, now when it comes to non-whites, I was reading a case here a few months ago where the court just came out and said citizens of the United States have no right to own guns. And there's several other court cases that come out and state that, uh, the 14th Amendment does not incorporate any of the Bill of Rights, including a trial by jury, uh, indictment by, um, uh, prosecution by indictment is not required. Um, tra- trial by jury, the right to own guns. They said none of that applies to federal citizens. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's right there in the just case. Coming right out and saying it. Yeah, and this was back, and this was back in the nineties. Now Listen, I remember. I know it's a busy weekend, and um, and people are probably out and about, and maybe listening, but barbecuing or whatever. So, um, but if we have a caller, someone that would like to call, the number is five one two two four eight eight two five two. If you have a question for Bill, five one two two four eight eight two five two. There's also a toll-free number. It's 800-313-9443. And RBM picks up the, the dime on that. So um, 800-313-9443. So if um, someone would like to call in and ask questions of Bill, because I'm going to keep talking with him about this. This is pretty damn fascinating. So um, so well, really, it's kind of like the, the, the gloves are off on this federal citizen thing. They're, they're really showing their true colors, Bill. Well, they've been exposing the truth for a long time, but people are so programmed uh, to think that we have rights, even though that the courts tell us we don't, and they're so programmed to, to think a lie that whenever they are hit with the truth, 
they're unable to deal with it, and I was there at one point. Now, I remember this goes back over 20 years whenever I brought up a couple of cases in a case where I was being persecuted by the local Gestapo because they were just trying to shut me up about the corrupt courts. And uh, so I brought up a couple of cases from, I think it was the early 1900s. And the judge just looked at me and says, those are old cases. We don't go by those anymore. And I, I was dumbfounded, had no clue why or how, and he wouldn't tell me anything. And But now I understand completely what's going on. Yeah, the, we don't go the by court, those anymore because we closed those courts 70 years ago. Yeah, the courts that recognize that those the the constitutions were closed 70 years ago absolutely well so some people that will argue pretty convincingly that we haven't had a constitution since 1867 since the reconstruction acts that was okay, a takeover yeah. of, the, of the government okay now there also is well, i forget in the 1800s when congress closed sigh and die in other words without a date to reopen and they said the constitution itself uh, cease to exist, but the rights of the citizens of the states are dependent upon the state constitution, not the federal. And that's a mistake that is made in gun cases all the time, is they go in, 14th Amendment due process clause, Second Amendment right to uh, own guns is being violated, and the courts have come back and says, okay, the Second Amendment was only a bar as to what the federal government could do to the you gotta go. Okay, well, interesting. Listen, let's um, let's take a caller, uh, Terry from Texas. Uh, welcome. Oh, we're going to a break. We'll talk to Terry after the break. <laughs> talk to you in all. Talk to you in a bit, Terry. Stand by, Bill. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your Terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. American Freedom News is your daily website that will keep you fully informed on what both the good guys and bad guys are doing in the information war in which we are all engaged. Fed up with the lies of the fake news media and the censorship of big tech giants? American Freedom News is the solution as we provide truth and knowledge on all the vital issues of the day. American Freedom News believes in America first. The establishment wants us split into numerous hostile groups rather than uniting in a common cause. 
cause against the corrupt oligarchy that is plundering America and the world. Many more Americans are waking up and realizing they are the victims of the ongoing Great Replacement and Great Reset. But the malevolent forces trying to systematically destroy America can and will be defeated. Be fully informed by reading American Freedom News, the best news and information site on the Internet. Go to AmericanFreedomNews.us and find out for yourself. That's AmericanFreedomNews.us. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject, from the funding behind the transgender movement to firsthand memoirs of World War II previously inaccessible to English-speaking audiences. We publish books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo. Whether you count yourself as a political dissident, student of history, connoisseur of philosophy, or enthusiast of exciting and thought-provoking fiction, you owe it to yourself to check out our catalog. With exclusive offerings like The Transgender Industrial Complex, Solzhenitsyn and the Right, The Open Society Playbook, Opioids for the Masses, and many more, there's something for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out our catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com and use code RBNREADERS2023 for 10% off your order. That's RBNREADERS2023 at antelopehillpublishing.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Freedom Times News Hour. I'm going to get right to it. I'm here talking with Mr. Bill May, and we've got a couple callers that would like to speak with him, too. So Terry from Texas, welcome to the show. Hi there. Uh, okay, well, it was a very interesting conversation that you guys are going through. Um, uh, jurisdiction has everything to do with it, uh, so they're on the right track there. But when you walk into a uh, um, basically a statutory court or a court of the federal system, uh, unless you can legally and lawfully prove your jurisdiction as a national okay, but not a citizen of the United States. They consider you a pauper and a lunatic under the bar. And so you never let a judge tell you anything. You walk in there, and now if you've done your status change according to the federal government and their immigration system, uh, they will have to recognize it because it's there uh, through the Secretary of State of the United States. Um, once you do that with a affidavit form, uh, you let them file that in your administrative uh, file, and then you get a passport. Now, if you look on the passport, it asks you, are you operating within or without the United States? Okay, you check without the United States. So with, with a declaration of your change of political status as a national but not a citizen, you do that as an affidavit, and the only way they will... Uh, the only way they can rebut you is with another affidavit, but they can't do it because of the 13th Amendment. It says that, uh, you know, voluntary, or I should say involuntary servitude uh, cannot exist in the United States. So as a 14th Amendment citizen done by the birth certificate, they have jurisdiction over you as a U.S. citizen. And as far as the states, everything has been incorporated through the uh, District of Columbia. Okay, all your, um, you know, your government uh, uh, seats and such. Right. And so, so all this stuff done in Bradstreet? Right. And those are statutory. In fact, this came from the uh, 
uh, Congress uh, to the IRS. They were telling you what you were not, but they weren't telling you what you were. So they basically stated that you're either statutory or non-statutory. You're either in the uh, federal system or you're not. So I can send you those documents. It shows uh, Congress, the Supreme Court, and the IRS's take on nationals and how they, uh, you know, address them because they play a lot of word salad in there. But uh, that's the only way that you can step out of their system through their system is declare your uh, your uh, national status, do it with an affidavit, and then get it. Uh, you know, secured on your passport. My passport says I'm a diplomatic courier. But uh, in any regard, that gives you that status. And then you can move forward. I would give you two things that may help people out. One is a um, uh, YouTube video, and it's called U.S. National Slash State Citizen Comprehensive Guide. It goes through how they've incorporated everything, just like the gentleman saying it was Mr. Day. Uh, they have incorporated all these states and systems into that system, and so the courts have basically been, uh, you know, changed over to administrative courts, as you would, instead of common law courts. So uh, the other thing I would give you is a book written hold by on, a Terry, federal you, judge. Terry, hold on for just a second. Can you give me the title to that YouTube video again? Uh-huh. It's U.S. National Slash State Citizen comprehensive guide it's got a big american flag on the front there about an hour long and it takes you through a pretty good process and how to get your status changed because what you're doing you're rebutting an assumption and those are under the maxims of law you know you were given federal status as an assumption that you wanted to be that through your parents you know through all the federalism that came out after the reconstruction and all but um you can't. There is legal remedy for that, okay? And that's what you have to do. And now you can go into a court, and before the judge says anything, he's going to have your documents as evidence, the highest evidence you can have from the State Department uh, with your status change, uh, you know, basically accepted by them. So they have no jurisdiction. And it's hard for it would be impossible for them to move forward. They'll try to trick you into putting yourself back into that system, you know, saying, are you this person? Do you do that? But they're talking about the legal fiction. So every answer should be no. You know, I am a national under, you know, constitutional rights. Uh, just like Mr. Day was saying, you don't have as a U.S. citizen, they've stripped, you stripped yourself of all your rights. So you're working under basically uh, legalese, you know, uh, statutory Terry, excuse me for a second. Bill, you, you knew a case um, in the appellate court that was ruling on something like this, and they said, even though the guy said, I'm not this, I'm not that, it's because he didn't deny it. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, the This was an Ninth Circuit case, and the guy was in on a tax case, and he went in, I'm a jure citizen, I'm a sovereign, I'm a this, I'm a that. Um he didn't use the term state national, as, as I remember, but that would be irrelevant. Uh, the court made it clear, the Ninth Circuit made it clear, it's not what you claim, it's what you deny. Because what they're doing is you walk into these courts, and the presumption is that you're a federal citizen. Okay? Uh, we're, they, they pretend that we know that, and that when we don't deny it, 
than, than obviously we are. Okay, this is all fraud like crazy, but this is the game that they're playing. And so the one guy that I got out of jail over in uh, Idaho went in right up front and with a demur and then a direct jurisdictional challenge. And he and on the paperwork, it's like I deny being a citizen of the United States uh, by way of the 14th Amendment. Uh, I deny being um, uh, a foreign alien because they... No, foreign alien, uh, because they're under the same system of law. They're not under the Constitution. I deny being anything other than a citizen of my state, which is Idaho. And uh, now you talk about the passport and the... Um, Declaration. Yeah, I don't find anything to support what you're claiming. Uh, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not claiming it. It's stated by your own government. In fact, when you look at this video, it'll explain it pretty good. I think I've seen the video that you're talking about, and the guy talks about state national, and the government does not recognize a state national. There's nothing well, in there. What's interesting, Bill, is the what I, my research lately has shown that the legal term is state citizen, but the... Um, but what the Secretary of State is going on is um, is called American National. Is, Terry, is that jive with what you're saying? You've got to be very careful, very careful, careful with your words. Um, I just use national, okay? Okay. Uh, but when you say sovereign citizen, that is something that will get you thrown in jail. So yeah. you got to know your terms. You've got to know your your. Uh, your language, okay. So, yeah, but anyway, in, in let me there, give you just a. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Terry. We'll okay, talk I was going to. I was going to give you one more um, uh, uh, bit of information. So, if you go to uh, online and pull up fruit from a poisonous tree, mm -hmm. and just download it, and uh, go to page forty-eight, and it's uh, federalism versus nationalism. And it shows you how they put you in the system, what it does, and what you need to do to get remedy. So once you get no. remedy, it has to be offered because of the 13th Amendment. You make a declaration, and they tell you this right on the immigration uh, page. It says, I so-and-so, you know, it's less than uh, two sentences. Uh, and then you get it notarized, and you send it certified mail, and there, there you go. You're in the system. So to get proof of that, you uh, get a passport, and you go about the proper procedure. You give about a month, so they get it into the files, and then uh, the passport office doesn't have any input about what you are. They're just going to go to the Secretary of State and see what's in your file, and that will come out in your passport. So now you can go into court with a document, uh, uh, you know, affidavit, and you can present that in the court as evidence, and now it's up to them to rebut that. They can't do it. So there's a lot of guys that are going into the courts being very successful. And like you said, the, the judge will do that. Usually they'll put you off on the back burner till the last case, and then they'll come in and kind of uh, hem-haw around. But if you know what you're talking about, they'll just uh, dismiss the case and with prejudice if that's what you want. So, um like I said, it's all information. Everybody goes about it a different way, but the best thing to do is step out of their legal jurisdiction. You know, you don't have to be, you know, you can still work in their system, 
It doesn't affect Social Security or anything like that as a national. You get that national status, and that way, uh, then you go about putting all these agencies on legal lawful notice. Then you have a lot of power in the court. You know, it's just people are going about it. Like I said, the gentleman was right on the money. You know, they don't have jurisdiction of this and that, but he didn't have legal proof. He didn't have it in paper from the Secretary of State. And so, you know, you can put these courts on notice, you know, and just show them, send it to them with a certified uh, letter and kind of got right, may, I say so, may I say something now? Of course. <laughs> okay. okay, the cases that I've read, uh, they talk about a jurisdictional challenge is a legal stop to everything the courts are doing. Uh, jurisdiction not challenged is assumed to exist. The moment it is challenged, <clears throat> it is assumed not to exist until proven. And what they're doing is they're simply refusing to prove jurisdiction. They're just saying, we say we've got it, and that's it. And that's where my well, case is now. Right. The problem is, is it's the same thing with the, the uh, defendant. They're doing the same thing. They're just saying, I'm this with no proof. So, no, no, even no, no. though he's it's correct. Different it's different when you're challenging jurisdiction. The courts have stated. No, that's what you're doing. You're challenging ju jurisdiction. But with an affidavit from the Secretary of State, you now have it in, in you know, a document from the Secretary of State. Because you are national. You've gone through well, their let me, process. Let me, this, let me ask you this, Terry. When you submit that affidavit, does um, the Secretary of State respond to you, or do you just have your certified copy of that, your notarized and certified copy that you show? I mean, the only way they can respond to you is with an affidavit, okay? And they're not going to do that because they would be violating the 13th Amendment. It would be, you would be a slave. And so you, that's, that's the remedy. They have to give you the remedy, and it tells you that in uh, Fruit from a Poisonous Tree, this federal judge, well, uh, he explains that. that. About a week ago, I, I sent you the PDF of that, and you saw some issues with it right off. But before yeah, we did. go there, Terry, thank you so much for your call. Uh, we've got yeah, Laura no, no. waiting from Michigan. Okay. If you'd like to stay on the line, Terry, I, I think that's okay. Um, but let's talk with Laura from Michigan. Please get Terry's email address. Okay. Terry, please send her your email address. I, wanted to, I want to uh, communicate with you. Okay, my um, my um, my email is sacred cow barbecue bbq sacred cow bbq at protonmail.com p r o t o n mail.com. So Terry, please email me, and I'll set up this communication with uh with you and Bill, and uh, we'll have a, a great conversation here. So Laura, welcome uh, to the Freedom Times News Hour. Thanks for waiting. Oh, I saw a few years ago. I followed the case of Scott Roeder. Scott had shot a notorious abortion doctor uh, and uh, <clears throat> had killed him. So anyway, what happened was, what I brought up because of the trial, the Attorney General of Kansas wanted to testify in Scott's favor because he had been trying to get this doctor for late-term abortions for a long time. What the judge did was sent the jury out back into seclusion. They couldn't hear his testimony. So he testified, but nobody heard it. Now, how is that a fair trial? Oh, fair trials? That's like unicorns. Yeah. Leprechauns. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, I, I, have, I, have, I, have, I, I haven't seen one yet. I right, thought, right. I, I, I would have done a habeas on the on the verdict, on the basis that the judge uh, denied him due process uh, by not letting the jury hear his testimony. The judge was deciding what would be heard and what wouldn't, and um, so in that case, I would attack it as a void judgment. And and uh, if need be, taking it to Washington and getting them to rule on what a judge can and cannot deny the jury the right to hear. Uh, the, in these cases, the jury is irrelevant, as I've stated earlier, and the courts have stated the jury is only there uh, as an advisor to the judge. They do not have any real input. And attorneys, if you know any honest attorneys, they will tell you that. They will tell you that the trial, that the, and I had an attorney tell me this. He goes, the, the trials and the, and attorneys are totally irrelevant. They're there just for show. He goes, when I go in just before the jury's picked, he goes, I have to go into a meeting with the judge and the DA. And at that point, they make me tell them how I'm going to proceed. Then they tell me how I'm going to proceed and what the outcome's going to be. Yeah, the other thing lot, the judge, sure. the other thing the judge did, he said that they, the word abortion could not be used in the trial at all. On this killer, the killer we call him, they think he killed about thirty thousand babies in his lifetime. So anyway, but you couldn't use the word. Now Scott did not shoot him for his wallet or his money. It was all about abortion. Scott was frustrated, but this guy kept getting away with it. Yeah, I, I hear that, Laura. Thank you so much for your call today. Scott in Nevada, welcome to the show. Scott, are you still with us? Yes, yes hello, I hear you. Okay, great. Got a question okay, for Bill or comment? I, got a, I have a quick question for uh, the guest. If you're submitting this uh, material to a, at a federal court, uh, would uh, say uh, under Rule 12 of uh, if it was a civil case under Rule 12 civil or or criminal Rule 12 criminal, would you use the federal rules of procedure in order to submit a motion to dismiss using the material that you've presented? And I'll take my answer on the air. Okay, thank you, okay. thank you, Scott. I have thought about this, and I've talked to other people about it. Uh, the only time I would use a federal rules of procedure is if I make the statement, which I have done else in other situations, that I do not rely upon the federal rules as proof of a right. What I do is I reference the federal rules as uh, evidence that this right is so well established that it's even established in the federal rules. Um, That's brilliant, Bill. That, you, that, that if you're not subject to the jurisdiction of the court, uh, you're moving under the rules of the common law, and you're doing a jurisdictional challenge. And there's case history, which I put in my documents, that says once jurisdiction is challenged, the court cannot move until it is proven. So with that, if they move forward, like they did in this one case that I'm working on, if they move forward, they are in violation. They have committed... Um, uh, a constitutional tort. Uh, everything they do is void on its face. And in this case, the state Supreme Court's having to look at that, and they don't want to look at that because they've got to overturn this. 
if they don't overturn it, their statement is that Oregon is under slave law because there is no right to due process. I put the, I've literally put the court in that position. They either have to overturn this or they have to say that you're a slave. Process, that, that you're a slave because you have no right to due process. All the rules Excellent. Well, that, was a, that was a great question, Bill. We've got Thomas from Florida uh, waiting to talk with you. Thomas, welcome. Thomas, are you with us? Yeah. Yes, great. hello. I know we haven't got much time left. Um, I, I am a national. Um, as of last April, I basically sent a, an affidavit into the uh, Secretary of State. I told him that, you know, basically that I am a uh, U.S. national. I am not a 14th Amendment United States citizen. I waited 30 days, and I sent that affidavit along with another one that I made to get my passport. I sent it in. They sent me my passport, my passport card. They didn't say one thing to me. I told them I'm absolutely not a United States citizen. I am a U.S. national, and put that in your records. Um, if you want to know everything about this, the actual definitive thing is tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, there is a, a show on what they call Eurofolk Radio. Uh-huh. Eurofolk Radio, 11 o'clock, and Roger Sales conducts it. And he is it's absolutely nothing but this stuff. And if you want to call in and talk to him, I will give you the number. And I'll tell you what, you're going to get an education because all this has been all figured out and ironed out a long time ago. And nobody has refuted it. And there's a, There are thousands of people, if not more, who have gotten their passports like I have, basically. And nobody, they do not challenge it. They do not send me back my paperwork. I put, I filled you out know, my... Thomas, I saw, I saw a video on, on YouTube of someone um, with your status, and the cops were trying to... And this was in Wyoming... And the cops are trying to get him to get out of the car. And he says, no, I'm not getting this in my personal automobile. I'm not getting out of the car. You do not have jurisdiction over me. You're, you represent a corporation. I am not part of your corporation. I am an American national, blah, blah, blah. And he told and they hassled him for, for the longest time. And then they, and they, sto- and they said, yeah, you're stealing my, you've stolen my passport. And finally... They got a guy that was high enough up that he went and called the supervisor, and they came back with his passport and said, have a, have a nice day, sir. Yeah, you have to be careful, all, though. All, they... all, all recorded on, on, that guy's, uh, on that guy's phone. Yes. No, well, let me give you a number video. here to call in, because they won't give it to you. But if, okay, this, if you want to call and talk with Roger, you're going to find out everything you need to know about this. And the number is one. Uh, 609-663-1976. And I'll say that again if you want me I, to. I, I got it. 609-663-1976. Do I have it right, Tomor- Thomas? Yes. And tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, you have to go to Eurofolk Radio. The show will start at 11. You call in and talk to Roger. He's probably he's, he's the guru on all of this. It's very simple. It's very simple. We're, we're all under administrative law because we're U.S. citizens. You basically step out of all of that. And that thing about challenging jurisdiction is absolutely true. Roger goes over it. If you bring up jurisdiction at any point of a trial, apparently, the whole thing stops. Until... Absolutely. And I've got so history at... on that. 
you've just got to talk. You're so much on point with what he talks about, but it sounds like you don't know it all. This guy's been doing this for 30 years, and he has really got it ironed out. Um, him, basically, he had a lot of people in the past that did a lot of research, so he's basically the spokesman. He doesn't take a lot of credit. He just says he's here doing basically God's will, you know? Well, that's kind of where we. That's kind of where we're at. We know that we. I, it took me 25 years to pick the system apart, understand exactly what's going on, how they got it towards that, how they brought communism into the states, the basis that the the, the presumptions that they're operating on, uh, and then I went through the case histories on how to stop it. But if somebody else is. Um, figured out how to do it easily, take care of things easily, I'm interested, because this is going to make the difference whether our country survives or not. Yeah. Well, the, it's, it's all based on presumption. You've already said it. If you don't tell them who you are, they presume and they proceed. You have right. to if let them know. know. Rights, you have to know your rights and stand on your rights, right? You have to be a belligerent claimant is what they call it. You're belligerently right. claiming your rights, and then they cannot proceed against you using their administrative law. Right. Now, what we've got out here in Oregon is we've got a judge that did it anyway. And I've got a case before the Supreme Court to where, the, by their own rules, she's guilty of at least one classic felony. And she violated all the... I mean, there's actually a statute that forbids her to do what she did, and it calls what she did a classic felony. Okay, I even cited the statute under their system of law, but it's in her case it was complete denial of due process, and if the state supreme court does not uphold the right to due process, they're saying that the state of Oregon is operating under slavery, and I brought that out in the habeas. Well, sounds like how do you how are you reached? Huh? What is your website or how are you reached? How would I reach you? Please give your email to Patricia, and we will be in touch. Okay, okay. My, my email, Thomas, is sacredcowbarbecue, sacredcowbbq at protonmail.com. Please uh, get in touch with me, and I'll forward everything to Bill, and you guys can start talking. Sound good? Okay, thank you. Hey, please, uh, Thomas, Scott, Laura, Terry, thank you so much for your calls. And Mr. Bill May, always a pleasure. Thank you. We'll, we'll see you next time, everybody. It's been the Freedom Times News Hour. to Real Talk Radio, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs>